Welcome to our newest adventure for first responder wellness. No one fights alone. In-depth conversations about mental health and culture in the first responder space. We're joined by your co-hosts, Austin Pedersen and Brad Shepard. What's up, bro? You finally got your background cleaned up a little bit there, huh? Right? Yesterday. I'm telling you. Well, number first off, it's been a lot of this is on me. It's been, I should apologize to the listeners right off because we've, we've dropped the ball on you and I getting together, uh, the last couple weeks on putting anything together for the listeners. So those of you that out there that do enjoy us getting on and talking shit about stupid issues, then I apologize. Cause a lot of that's on me. I've been moving and that fucking sucks it. So I moved in, as you can see, I'm mostly set up but the move has really thrown our chi off a little bit here to be able to get together. So for those of you that out there that expect us to get together, I apologize. We're getting, we're getting back on track. Got a good plan going, but, uh, man, I, uh, I've missed this getting together and just jabbering and, and seeing what's up, see if we can solve some problems. Most of the time we just create more problems than we solve, but it's a lot of fun. Why is moving the worst thing in the world? I don't know, man. I, I think it's, you know, I think a, some of it for me is, um, you know, you just go through so much stuff that you're like, why do I keep this? Why do I own this? Why do I have this? And it's, I mean, it's boxing all that stuff up and boxing and boxing and boxing. And then, you know, the, the actual heavy day of moving is actually not all that bad. I, I had good help. We moved it in, but it's the little, all the little bullshit stuff of boxing this and i'm now sitting here over my shoulder i've got one two three four four boxes still and those are all the tiny things for my office just and you kept all the shit that you're like why do i keep this didn't you yeah (laughs) i did throw a lot away but yes i have uh but but you know truth be told i downsized my life uh several years ago through a series of you know some of that was part of my story but um, man, downside, I was telling my dad, we were just talking about this this weekend. My dad was asking me about some of that and I said, he kind of laughed. He said, you wish you hadn't thrown some of that away, huh? And I said, yeah, I really do reflect back on some of the stuff that I sold or gave away or, you know, that, that, um, I don't have anymore. Uh, a lot of that stuff's in storage, but it's a, overall, it's a pretty simple life, but moving is such a chore such a burden didn't you get two pistols stolen last time i got yes matter of fact i just it's funny you bring that up i just got a phone call back they recovered another one i got four pistols stolen uh two of those were retirement pistols uh and i got um a 43 a glock 43 back and they just recovered the retirement stamped glock 43x they just recovered it um, and, uh, they're going to charge him. So it's got to go through, uh, the process before I can get it back. But, uh, and I've got a 19 X that was stamped, had, had my old agency patch on it and name. That was some friends got together and gave me that. Another set of friends gave me the 43 X, uh, that 19 X is that tan Glock. And yeah, I was sick, man. I was sick for months about that. Just nauseous, uh, 
because the I mean you can buy a new gun, but that's a gift. That's a retirement gift. Had this stuff on it. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, that's, but yeah, that's way worse. Well, so you'll get that other one back in two years. Then is that what you're saying? I'll get it back. I don't. It may not even be two years. It, it depends on uh, the disposition of the court case. If they can arrive to some kind of you know final um, process, then then I get it back. Once it's cleared from evidence, they'll give it back to me. You know, whoever had that gun I hope it's engaged. was bragging, right? You know, whoever had that, that badged gun was like, look how sick this is. Buddy. Uh, so I don't have my, I don't have my trooper hat up yet, but you know, I'm really proud of that trooper hat. It was in the frame. It was framed in before, but I, I had a guy show up and drop off a, um, a hat one day. Uh, they had served a warrant in Missouri. And on the mantle of this scrote bags, uh, drug dealer mantle was a trooper hat that had blown off his head somewhere. He was out of Tulsa and it just threw a storm or something and took it. And this dude found it and was a trophy. I'll never forget that. It was a trophy and they'd have warned on it. And they're like, you're that's mine. And this ain't even evidence. This is. And returned it to us. We got it back to the trooper. Yeah, that's and that's trophy, right? Right on the mantle. So you know my gun was shown off to I don't know how many little pumps. And look at this. I got a trooper. I got a trooper gun. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Sickening. It is. It really is, man. Because, like, for me, I don't even have any of that stuff. And those some of my guns are my prized possessions. Like, people. Well, there again, that was in a move. Yeah. Right. And you, I, the gun safe is right off your left shoulder. I mean, you see it, but mine was in a move. It was just, it was stolen out of a vehicle while we we're in the middle of a move, staying at a hotel and just, just dumb, just dumb move on my part, you know, but Man. anyway, what, uh, so what's up with you? What have you been doing? All right. I'm, I'm going to tell you and paint a picture of something I experienced last week. Uh, it was super interesting. And and it puts a lot into perspective of just life for, you know, everyday people. I mean, it blew my mind. So paint this little picture for you, right? There's this, uh, there's like an interactive art exhibit called uh, Meow Wolf, which is, they've got a few locations. There's one in Vegas, uh, Boulder, or not Boulder, Denver, uh, New Mexico, it's really cool stuff. Um, you know, local artists get together and they build basically like this maze that has hidden rooms and stuff. You know, it's really cool for like kids and uh, just like a little fun date night activity, right? So Utah has its miniature version of this. Uh, and it's something called Dreamscapes. And it's a cool little thing. They like took an old, uh, like, a, you know, how malls are like basically shutting down now, right? So they took this old Macy's or Nordstrom or whatever it was, and they took all the space in it and they created this interactive art exhibit. And uh, so it's like, you know, you walk through all these rooms and the premise of the the thing for the kids is like, oh, there's um, evil energy throughout the the place that's being zapped up and dreams are getting taken away. Figure out how to get it back, right? Or figure out how to save the community, so it's kind of cool, right? So my mom came in, and I'm like, you know, let's go do this. She likes meows and stuff like that. So we went with my fiance, my mom, and her husband, and we're walking through, and 
like it was pretty cool you know here and there you get to see cool stuff local builds all that kind of stuff and so you get to the end and part of the the thing was they created this they called it the dream tree right and so you think it's going to be like all these wonderful things so you take a little piece of paper right and you write your dream on it and you hang it up on this tree so there's thousands of these things right absolutely thousands so i just i'm like you know what? i'm gonna read these like let's get some some uplifting things that are going on so you know my fiance and my mom read theirs and they get all these happy ones right like you know oh i'm having a kid next year and i can't wait or you know uh we just bought our dream house or just got my the best job of my life i just got a new car like all those right so of course my luck is Every single, and there's thousands, by the way, every single (laughs) one I went to was terrible, like so terrible. And so I'm calling it, it's not the dream tree to me. It's the fucking trauma tree for me because I read about probably about 15 or 20 before I had to give up and stop because it was so depressing, but Every single one I went, and I went to different sides of this tree with thousands of them on there. So some of them were, I wish I had clean, my dream is to have clean water in my house. My dream is that my dead child could be alive, right? Or one of them was, I wish my teacher's baby was still alive and that she was happy. One was, I I, I dream that I would, you know, stop feeling depressed and worthless and, you know, nobody loves me or, you know, hey... Um, one of them was about rape and they wish they could stop dreaming about it every single night uh, when they go to sleep, like some really dark, dark, dark things. And everyone else was reading all these happy ones. And for me, I'm like, this is, whoa, like this is some of the most depressing things. Cause these are random people. Like you have no idea who these people are. Right. And I kept finding them and kept finding them. Finally, I look at my mom. I'm like, I have not read one positive one yet. And little shout out to her. She's like, you got to talk about this on that podcast because this is messed up. Okay. So back up here a little bit because you painted a really good picture. So I just want to ask a couple detailed questions. So the the instructions for the tree itself to place this, uh, you know, this written something on there was specifically for what are you dreaming about is that the premise behind it what were the what were the instructions specifically yeah so it's supposed to be like basically something something that you really want in life what are you what would you what would make you happy or what would you dream of that you know and so like a lot of these were like or or something positive right was the outlies of it and these people took it you know way to the other end but like their dreams or their hopes were to overcome or dark. Well, they were to overcome these traumas, right? Like, Oh, so a lot of them are like, I wish I wouldn't think about this all the time. Or my dream is to not be depressed and suicidal. My dream is to feel worthy. And like, but I was the only one that found any negative ones, by the way. So do you, well, so that's the gift you have. I've known you a while. You have a gift. Is that a gift or a curse? <laughs> yeah. That's a curse, dude. That I think not. I think it. I think there is some curse uh, elements to that 
<laughs> but you know, the reality is what, what, as I'm sitting here listening to that, um, how much hurt do we have around us all the time that we don't, we don't even know, you know, that, that I'd like to drink clean water. Holy shit, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly where my head went is like, cause, cause there was probably 40 or 50 other people that were going through this at the same time that I was. And so in my head, I'm like looking around at these people I'm like, I wonder what the percentage of these people are that are just so miserable, so depressed, suicidal, just hanging on by a thread, right? Like, I mean, that's a that's a third world problem. You think is a third world problem? That's a third world problem to not have clean yep. water. And yep. I mean, I'm not. I'm making a generalization here, but the handwriting was beautiful. It was like. I, I noticed those kind of educated. things. Yeah, it seemed to me like it was an educated person who, you know, what for through whatever has happened in their life, whatever situation they have, that's that's what they're going through, right? And it brought to light just how much people are struggling right now. You know, I've got a I've got a few friends who are are uh, were not raised in this country, and they've come over here as as uh, you know, as immigrants and making a great life for themselves. And they talk often about uh, how spoiled we uh, are having grown up here uh, and, and entitled and a deserving, you know, about, about some of the amenities that we have that we complain about. We don't have enough and um, what some of these people wouldn't give to actually live in this country. But, you know, that reminds me of, uh, you know, where the, what are, I don't I don't know the statistics specifically off my head, but you know we take in uh, antidepressant drugs greater than any uh, any other country on the planet, and uh, we're the most obese uh, country on the planet. And these these are really unhappy. These are signs of really unhappy people. Why do you think that is? Why do you think our culture, the people, are so unhappy when we have so much? Man, part of me thinks that those are external things, you know, like we, we have things, right. But when we're talking about having things, it's clothes, house, cars, all of that stuff. And, it, and I've always fought the old saying that money doesn't make you happy. Like I agree to that to a certain extent, but I also agree that money gives comfortability that if you didn't have it you would be a lot un, a lot less happy, right? Mm -hmm. But then I read things like that, right? To where it's like the trauma that these people had, you know, the rape or molestation or, you know, whatever it is, like that at your core eats away at you. And how, you know, how how do people overcome that, right? If it's, we don't also live in a society, it's gotten a lot better, but, um, a lot of people, no one ever knew any of these things, right? Like I, I have right. a feeling that a majority of these people were like, this is anonymous. This is a chance for me to get this out. If somebody reads it, they'll never know who I am. So it's like a safe, safe right. spot to do that. Sure. Uh, and so having all these things doesn't bring you happiness, right? Like overeating is a coping mechanism, right? 
lot of the times. Right. Yep. Like it, it, it could depend on the person, but sometimes people are unhappy. So they use that as some type of coping. I don't know. Does, does that make sense? No, it does. Uh, I think, you know, I think there's something to be said for, for the uh, extended family, not being as close as it used to be. I know uh, I wish my parents are getting older, so I wish I was closer. Uh, you know, there's little things like that. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't, I don't get down and uh, down and out about it, but you know, there's little things about uh, that, that I, I think are a part of our uh, culture that has been uh, separated or maybe disintegrating, uh, maybe a better word for it that just, uh, and I think there's a, you know, there's some communities, there's some cultures that, that thrive um, that I watch. I have some friends that are, you know, they, they can't stand being apart from their family. So they get together with their family daily and they just absolutely, and they don't have a lot. They, they just are very at peace and content with who they are and what they are and who they're around. And they draw a lot of energy, a lot of positive, uh, love, if you will, from, from that. And a lot of peace comes with just being accepted and loved for who you are and where you are. Little, little kumbaya session, but I mean, the reality is, <laughs> though that group of people, they're not riding. They're not riding on the trauma tree. Yeah, I've I've tried yeah. to figure this out for the last eight years, and so eight years ago was probably the happiest I'd ever been. And externally, right, if you're looking at my life. You probably wouldn't guess that. I was driving a uh, 97 Chevy Tahoe blue leather that didn't go over 45 miles an hour. So I couldn't even get on the freeway. Like, beat down. You know, that's all I could afford. I was making $24,000 a year. That's below the poverty line, I guess, right? No, maybe it's not. I actually don't know that. But a low amount of money when you bring that up to somebody. But I was the happiest, most joyous, most free I'd ever been. And every like six months, I think about that. And I've had no solution to other than like just my day to day, like stressors and, and things like that. It's never, I've never been able to figure out what I was. I've, I've analyzed this a lot. You know me, I analyze everything. I've analyzed it a lot and I have not figured out what truly made me feel that way comparatively to now like have a, a super healthy relationship all those things those that now but even now i am not as happy as i was then do you think that had something to do though where you were you were taking back your life uh you were you were setting a new path for yourself charting new waters if you will or um because i I feel a little bit of that way now. I mean, I, I feel like some of that is, you know, re I'm, I'm reinventing my life currently as we speak, you know, and, uh, there's not the first part of this little challenge was a little bit of woe is me, but now it's like, oh man, I'm, I'm rebuilding this and it's, it's similar to, to what you just described there. That's, it's not been pleasant, but it has been fun and satisfying and gratifying to, to 
to know that I'm taking ownership of a lot of these things. I don't know. I think there's, I think there's something to be said for that. Um, but you know, in, in retrospect on your, on your trauma tree, um, we were at FOP conference, um, last when were we there in February, uh, uh, February, uh, no, I'm sorry. It was the ICP conference. I apologize. It was ICP conference in Anaheim and I was ICP, uh, folks had put together a, uh, it wasn't a tree of sorts. It was a board, a gratitude board. Uh, and they put together a gratitude board. Uh, and I was absolutely blown away. Um, I just, I did something very similar. I walked over there and I just spent, I don't know, probably 20 minutes, 30 minutes, maybe just scouring over. And I was absolutely blown away at the depth of gratitude people were putting on there because it was, you know, there was a lot of substance to it. It was meaningful, deep, not all of them. Some were just, I'm glad I'm here today. Glad I met new friends, but some of them were really, I'm glad I have my family. I'm glad I have survived a career. One of those was, uh, I survived a career in law enforcement, which is, you know, to, to live through a career is one thing, but actually to survive it and thrive out of it is a whole nother story, you know? And, uh, you know, I think there's something to be said for that gratitude. You know, I, I, you are cursed, buddy. It's nice to know that your mother and your, your girl, uh, got to enjoy and absorb the, the true positive dreams of that. Uh, but I, you know, I didn't, I didn't see, I, I don't guess I have that curse because the gratitude board that we saw in, in, Anaheim was it it was just it really filled my soul to really absorb there was a lot of energy with it if you will just um to be able to sit there and absorb some of that and I'm sure that's some of what your mom and Sammy felt you on the other hand my friend you have a darkness to you <laughs> I guess look and here's here's the if you if you believe in some higher power or some meaning behind everything right which is my thought process behind it now we're 10 days out of this or whatever it may be. And my thought process is always they read, they read what they needed to at that moment, right? Which they needed to see all the other people being grateful, right? And that makes them grateful for their life. Well, in turn, what I needed was to read the negative side to make me grateful for what I have. Right. right. And that's, and, and I feel like that curse, because I've never thought about this. So this is the first time coming out, but it, it makes sense to me right now, which is, you know, my curse is always to get that side of it. But what, what happens is, is that actually makes me grateful for what I have in my life always. Right. Maybe for some people that, that would have the opposite, but it always makes me like, fuck, I guess I got it good. I, you know, like that's, that's the only way to look at it is my, my higher power, my, you know, had to come in and say, just remember how shitty some people have it. Well, I, I echo that. And I, I also will share, I think we're, I think we're all connected uh, somehow and through whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. I think, I think our, our spirits or our lives or our energy is interwoven and you were supposed to read those 
you were supposed to absorb those and dare say probably um, receive that in some type of fashion of good energy back to them because you obviously put a lot of thought into them and didn't just pass over them lightly. You were, you were, you were connecting them with them on a plane that most people can't. So I agree. I think you were, I think you were supposed to read those and supposed to actually absorb those and empathize for those people. Well, I, so good job, man. Look, I'm, I'm with you. The, the reality is, is there's been too many coincidences to think that things don't happen for a reason. Sure. Like there's, there's no way whether you meet people or hear stories or attend something more often than not, the times that I'm not supposed to go someplace and then I end up being there, something like that happens, right? Like this was a day before one open time slot, grab it and go, right? Like really, it wasn't a big plan. So it's supposed to happen. The universe does work in that way. I I 100% agree. Uh, and I think I think you can overthink that a little bit and I I try not to but I I know everything that uh has happened has happened for a reason and the people that have been placed in my life are there uh for some purpose um and I've always thought that even through you know my my most recent journey of of going to Chateau and and uh spending time up there and re and now rebuilding my life I all this is for a reason I may not like it but uh, it is what it is and uh, I look at it from a standpoint of now, uh, even just today, I had earlier I had a conversation about uh, if my journey can be of some help to you, sir, then considering the place that you're in and the magnitude of how hard you're doing life right now, then I'm happy to help. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what I'm doing right after this is I'm, headed over to a, a buddy of mine owns a treatment center and he's got this lost young man that uh is looking for for purpose and he and so there's a wilderness center out in central utah that uh they would love for me to go chat with him about the place i used to work so it you know that's that's for me that's a reminder right like someone that was in the same position i was that you know 24 23 years old like needs some kind of direction like let's go try and guide them in that direction right i don't get to do that as often as i used to and i miss it sure connecting with people at uh, the most basic level how can i help you okay jumping subjects here how cool is it that we'll have some merch here in the next uh 30 45 days Buddy, I'm super excited about that. I love that logo. Uh, and I am, I, I, I can't wait to get some gear. Yep. So shirts, hats, the patch hats, those are going to be, it's, it's, uh, we're changing logos. We're, we're changing the deal and making it. I think it's going to be cool. Well, we're, we're moderately successful for the my standards were or were i guess pretty low comparatively and we have a lot of people out here listening to us and i just want to say thanks for that and uh this is this is exciting because this is uh, a way for us to actually uh share some of that joy with them uh you all our listeners 
and actually say, hey, thanks for being a part of this and joining us in this journey because we, you know, for the most part, we, we don't know what we're doing. We're just on here having a good time being real. Uh, this is exactly what you see is what you get. Uh, but along the way, we get to bring on some really fascinating, intriguing uh, interview speakers uh, and stories. And, uh, you know, I think this is a great way to, to say thanks to our uh, to our listeners. Say, hey, continue being a part of this. Uh, stay tuned. I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see the stuff. Yeah, we got some some cool episodes coming out. We've got like 10 in the vault right now. So I feel like we've got some really awesome, cool, cool people coming on, some great stories. I mean, Ed's that was released earlier this week or last week. So good. So good. So I had a gal help me out, um, edit that one since I was a little busy. And she said, man. Like, what a powerful... Well, so I actually warned her before I sent the episode over. I said, hey, <laughs> just to let you know, this is this is an emotional one. Um, she's like 22 years old or something like that. You know what I mean? So, like, this is an emotional one. Just be prepared. I want you to know, like, beforehand so it doesn't catch you by surprise. And she sent back, like, this huge long paragraph, which we'll have to sh- share with Ed... Uh, how amazing it was and how moved she was by the story. And she's some, done some of our other ones here and there, and, and we've never gotten that response. So, Yeah, for sure. Shout out to uh, Captain Ed Monroe, uh, Los Angeles County uh, Fire Department, on his podcast last week. Uh, if you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. It is, uh, man, just heart-wrenching, uh, the journey that he's uh, – what, what he experienced in the journeys he's on now. And, you know, thanks, Ed, for being really transparent with us because he really just kind of opened up his heart and said, here's here's who I am. Here's what I got going on. Uh, and stay tuned. We're going to try to put some stuff together for uh, September's uh, National Suicide Awareness Month. So that's going to be some heavy. We've already got some interviews uh, teed up there. Uh, guys, guys and gals that are, you know, very open to talking about um, the battle that they've had with uh, – with suicide and uh so we've got some great ones in store yeah you're right uh we've got some we've got some in the vault that are ready to roll out and a couple couple of marriage ones uh i know everybody the listeners were really uh clued in on some of the marriage stuff we worked really hard to get uh, a couple folks on to do some marriage podcasts so those are those are coming soon too so yeah pretty excited about that sweet well brad as always it was a it was a pleasure to uh, relive the trauma tree with you and um, <laughs> for, I'm glad you brought it up, man. And I, I looked up the, uh, the meow wolf. I've never heard of that. I was looking it up while you were, uh, while you're talking about that looks really interesting. Well, we will be in Vegas. Uh, uh, next I week. may try to, so oh, I may try to hit yeah. one. Yeah. We'll see. All right, my friend. All right, dude. We'll talk Take soon. It easy. Chateau Recovery is a 16-bed treatment facility nestled in the foothills of the Wasatch Mountains in Midway, Utah. Chateau's First Responder Resiliency Program is designed to treat the unique challenges and issues that first responders encounter in the course of their careers. Chateau's comprehensive and highly individualized approach to treatment addresses more than just the presenting issues. It addresses the why. 
Each of their seasoned, trauma-trained, and culturally competent therapists utilize evidence-based, specialized therapies to treat trauma at its core and enable clients to begin the healing process while developing a resilient and healthy relationship with stress. Chateau Recovery is trusted by departments and agencies from around the country to treat responders and veterans. In fact, it is one of only a handful of facilities nationwide that is vetted and approved to treat members of the Fraternal Order of Police. For more information, or to speak to a representative, go to ChateauRecovery.com or call 888-507-5031. No One Fights Alone is also sponsored by First Responder Trauma Counselors. First Responder Trauma Counselors are subject matter experts in proactive behavioral health care for frontline workers through their National Peer Support Academy. This 40-hour all-badges, all-uniforms, and all-scrubs educational experience helps to create caring, honest, and empathetic peer support relationships with your fellow frontline workers. The FRTC National Peer Support Academy is taught by actual first responders who have gone back to school to become culturally competent, licensed behavioral health clinicians that teach from lived experiences, not just theories from books. This fast-paced, immersive educational academy will not just change your life, it will help you save the lives of others. For additional details, visit 991overwatch.org or call 970-2224-19-3. This could be the most life-changing academy you'll ever attend.